Welcome to another episode of Bible Conversations. Today we're going to be discussing Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. Well, it is uh, it's good to be back. I am alone today in the uh, in the studio. Dylan has been at the Fried Hardeman lectures, and so he is uh, still up there and enjoying the lessons and, and the lectureship. And uh, very grateful that he's getting that time. Uh, I am uh, going to be talking today, as I mentioned just a second ago, about Colossians chapter three. Uh, but what we're going to do is we're actually going to start. In chapter two, I, I don't intend to spend uh, an excessive amount of time today talking about this, but, but this is one of my, uh, my favorite sections of scripture. This, this, uh, I guess these couple of chapters in Colossians. And I, I think it's such a powerful uh, example of, of Paul's writing and, and his, uh, the way that he writes and how he tries to impact our lives through these words. And so I want us to start in chapter two, uh, chapter two, verse one. He says, for I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments, for though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. And so Paul here, as he gets into chapter two, is, is letting them know that, you know, he may not have seen them face to face, but, but he wants them to be encouraged. And he uses this phrase in, in verse two. He says, being knit together in love. Now, I am not a an expert when it comes to knitting things. I'm not an expert when it comes to crocheting or making any of those uh, those those things. I, I find it incredibly uh, interesting how talented some people are. Uh, you know, we we have uh, somebody here up at Keller who who can make uh, just about anything with, uh, with with her just incredible talent, and um, it's it's one of those things that I, I greatly admire. But I really don't know that it's something I will ever be able to do. It's, it's just an impressive skill. But, but he uses this word to be knit together. And, and when you, when you knit something together, it, it stays and it's solid and it's intertwined with, with other pieces of, of yarn or fabric or, I'm not overly positive, but whatever it is that's used. And, and it's, it's kind of, it's in and out. And so I, I, I imagine this very similar to, to stringing a tennis racket. Uh, so when you string a, a tennis racket, uh, you, you put it on what's called a stringer. Uh, there's, there's different types, different variations of it, and the, the rackets have different dimensions. And so, uh, you have two different, uh, sections. You've got the mains and you have the crosses. And the mains are what go up and down and the crosses go left to right. And so you do the mains first. You, you get those done first. 
and um, you put a certain tension on it. Uh, different people like different tensions, and so so you get that done, and and then when you get to the crosses, you actually weave. You go over one and under the next, and over the next, and under the next, and you all the way through, and and then you get to the second row, and you make sure that not only are you going over and under, but that whenever one is over on the second row, the one next to it in the first row is under. And so you alternate and, and it creates this, this pattern, this weaving, this knitting together of the strings so that they don't break apart. They don't come apart. And at the very end of the racket, you tie off all of the strings. You tie it into a knot so that it's, it sticks and it's solid. And so this idea then that, that we are to be tied together, knit together in love. And that in love, I think is such an important part of, of this section. And so we, we move forward. We get to Colossians chapter three. There's, there's lots of good stuff that is in the end of two, but we're going to get to chapter three here, starting verse one. It says, if then you have been raised with Christ. So he's talking to Christians. Of course, they've been raised with Christ. They were baptized into his death. They rose up out of the water into a newness of life, just as Jesus was resurrected. And he says, if then you have been raised with Christ, he said, seek the things that are above. Set your mind, sorry, excuse me, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And so here we have this, this, this picture. That it's no longer about us. It's no longer us who's living. Philippians talks about, Paul talks about that when, in the letter to the Philippians as well. But he set your, set your minds on things that are above. Think about things that are above. Think about the spiritual things. Think about, think about godly things. Don't, don't think about the things on this earth, the things in this life. Think about the things that will get you to heaven. In verse five, it says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly, in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. Well, all of these things we, we ought not have in our lives. We ought not be sexually immoral or impure. The passion there, I, I think, is a, is not a good passion, obviously. Then he says evil desire to, to want to do bad things, evil things, to covet what others have. He says that is idolatry. You're, you're placing those things above everything else. He says on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. And then he goes on in verse 7, he says, In these two you once walked. So in other words, the, the brethren in, in Colossae, all of us really have, have at one point in time, we have walked in these things, we have done these things. We were participants of these particular sins. And he says, when you were living in them. So you were, you were, you were partaking in them so much that it was just, it was a part of your life. You didn't think twice about it. He says, but now you must put them all away. They have no part in a Christian's life. No, no hold on a, on a saved person's life. He says, you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. 
do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. So all these things we are not We're not to be angry. We're not to be wrathful. We're not to have malice towards others. We're not to slander others. We're not to, 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 to curse or to say things that we ought not to say, have that obscene talk. He says, do not lie to one another. Do not lie to one another. We have put off the old self. All the things we used to do, we, we cannot, we should not do anymore. And we have put on the new self. We're a new creation in Christ. It says it's being renewed in knowledge. That's a continual thing, and it only is continual when we are studying the Word of God, when we are trying to understand His will for us. And how are we being renewed? Well, after the image of its Creator. Who is the Creator? Well, it's God the Father, yes, but Jesus as well. John 1.1 talks about in Him was the beginning. Right, or in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, the Word was with God. And so we have this, this idea that, that Jesus was there at the beginning. In fact, it says, uh, just a little bit after that, a couple of verses, that nothing was made except through Him. And so the Creator then being the Christ, it says, here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slavery, but Christ is all and in all. It is Jesus whom we are to emulate, who we are to become more like. And understanding all of that, he then goes back to verse 12. And he says, put on then. What does it mean to put on? Well, it's the same thing as when you wear clothes. You're putting this on. You're, you're wearing this. It is a part of who you are. It says, put on then as God's chosen ones. Who are God's chosen ones? Christians. So Christians are to wear... He says, holy and beloved, which is, which is just a, a, a description of what we are. He says that we are to wear compassionate hearts. Our hearts are to be compassionate. Well, if you remember in chapter two, it says he's, he's telling them that their hearts may be encouraged. Well, when we have compassion for others, we certainly are encouraged and encouraging others as well. He says that we are to put on kindness. We're to be kind to one another, and that's speaking gently, speaking carefully, speaking uh, with with good intentions, and trying to lift up and build up one another. We are to put on humility, to not think so highly of ourselves, to not think that we are anything special, but rather that it is Jesus Christ that is special, and it is because of him and only because of him that we have hope. And we're to put on meekness. And, and, and as I think of meekness, I think a lot of times people conflate this word with weakness because it sounds similar. But as I think of meekness, I think of a, a strongman competition. And this, this strongman competition, you've, you've got one guy who's out there, he's been lifting weights, and all of a sudden he goes over to his wife and he's got a little baby. And so he's been lifting these hundreds and hundreds of pounds, and then his wife hold, hands him this this child of his, and, and, he, and he holds the child in his arms. He has the strength, and he, he has the ability to use that strength, but he knows when to use it. And so that is the meekness, as we know when we are to use the gifts that we have been given. And then, and then there's patience. 
which is everybody's favorite and least favorite thing in the world, to be patient, to wait upon the Lord. As Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians, that they they were so burned beyond belief, but it was so that they might rely on God. We are to rely on God, not to trust in ourselves, not to, to go forward in this life thinking that we are capable of handling everything, but rather to be patient and to be patient for the Lord. And then he says in 13, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. So not only are we to live in harmony with one another and we're to bear with one another, even when it may not be easy, even when it may be difficult, when when the person that we're talking to is being obstinate or rude or whatever the case may be, we're to bear with those individuals. And if we have a complaint against them, well, we forgive them. We forgive them because it says right after that, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And so we forgive one another. That's important because if we don't forgive others, then the Lord does not forgive us. But in verse 14, and, and this is what ties everything together quite, quite literally. It says in verse 14, it says, and above all these put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Well, what did he say in chapter 2 again? He said that, that, that we were to be knit together in love, and here he says love binds everything together. Love is the tie that binds. Love is the answer, and love is not just just pure acceptance of anything and everything that somebody does. Love is showing them the truth. Love is being kind, it's being gentle, it's being compassionate, it's being humble, it's being meek, it's being patient. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7 explain exactly what love is. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it does not uh, insist on its own way. Love is the key. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, he says... Uh, and speaking to the Corinthian brethren, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. When I talk with people about this idea of love, I, I tell them, if anybody ever calls you a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal, you've done messed up. We are to be loving to one another. He says, if I have prophetic powers, if he can see the future, if he can understand all mysteries, right? If, if, if he has all faith so as to remove mountains, but but this individual doesn't have love. He has nothing. Nothing. Even the faith he has is worth nothing. The powers he has are worth nothing. The understanding he has is worth nothing. He says, if I give away all that I have and I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. If you have everything, if you give everything, doesn't matter. If you don't have love, it doesn't matter. So love is patient and kind. Well, that was in Colossians, was it not? It does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. All those things that, that, that Paul had just talked about, they're going to go. They're going to leave these prophetic powers, these, these mysteries, this knowledge, this faith. It's, 
It's all going to go. Then he says in verse 13, Now faith, hope, and love abide. Faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. And so my encouragement to you this week and, and moving forward as you go along is that you will be able to show love to one another. That you will be loving in your actions, in your words, in your thoughts. And that everything that comes from you is done in a manner that is worthy of God, that is done in a loving way because we are to put on those things. We are to wear those things. They are to be our adornments, our garments. Everything that we do should be done with love because we represent, as Christians, we represent the Lord. So I hope that today has been encouraging to you. I look forward to uh, recording with Dylan again next week. We look forward to uh, having you guys listen to us and, and send us feedback. Uh, if there's anything that you would like uh, to say, any comments, questions, or if there's a series that you would like us to do, uh, we do ask that you reach out to us. Uh, you can hear some more details here following this uh, following the end of this this podcast. But we uh, we appreciate you all so much, and uh, we love you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Bible Conversations. We want to ask if you have any questions, suggestions, or comments that you please email us at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media. We've got a Facebook page as well as an Instagram account. Our Facebook page is very simple. It's just Bible Conversations. On Instagram, it's very simple, at Bible Conversations. Uh, look us up, like our posts, and share it with your friends. We also have a... An opportunity for you to help us financially through a through a store uh, via Kim's Closet, and you can find that. Uh, you can just type into Google Kim's Closet. We have a uh, we have a link as well that, that we will be uh, posting in, in each of our episodes. And we just hope that you will that you will reach out and find us and uh, purchase a hoodie or a shirt uh, with the logo on it. And that way you can spread the word without having to say a word. So we appreciate you. Thank you all. Have a blessed week.